When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello, one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass. I'm your host, Sam, from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. And I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Yes, you are. Uh, Each week we get together, we talk about cars, motorsport, F1... Car, what else? Cars? Cars? We cars, 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 cars. <laughs> <laughs> you can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on youtube.com forward slash behind the glass. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. And Tony, if people want to support this podcast, what should they do? Watch it. No. <laughs> <laughs> but also head to Patreon. You can support us on patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. I want to kick things off today, just very quickly, talking about when jobs go wrong. I'll, I'll explain why. Jobs. Well, in life, right, and in work, sometimes we have bad days, right? It happens to all of us. Yeah. Brad Pitt has a bad day. Boris Johnson seems to have many bad days. Everyone well, in the world- always partying. Yeah. He's <laughs> hilarious, that boy. No matter how successful they seem, no matter how good life appears to be on social media, we all have bad days. And yeah. As I say, this is all going to become clear as to why I'm bringing this up very soon. Okay. But I want to start with you, Tony. Can you give us an example of when you just you've just messed up at work, you've you've lost a V five, you've locked the keys of a car inside the car, and you're outside it. You know, just tell us when you've messed up. Um, so in general, I, I I do have problems every day, but I always deal with a problem, and <laughs> we're an experienced dealership now, mate. We don't lose V fives and keys. There's a lot. There's a lot more to the business than that. No, no. And I'm there's not saying lo- you do. But Paul Wallace all the time says, oh, you've got to fill V5s out. And you go, I mean, if he come into the, to the office for a day and just followed me, he would be mind blown about what you have to do around the business other than worrying where V5s and keys are. <laughs> <laughs> but what I mean is, it doesn't have to be now. No, like, no. It could be years ago. You must have had a bad day at work. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've heard about many when you were a bus driver. So oh, mate. Just give me, I say, you know, it just a day went, just things went wrong. You just had a bad day at yeah, work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they're less and less. The, the, the longer you do something, the less and less. And like I said, many, many years ago, I trained myself that if I ever have a problem, I deal with it straight away because tomorrow there's another problem. So, no, it's true, mate. You're you're right. So, so if you go into the next day with no problems from the previous day, you're there to fight the next problems because they're all, there always is a problem in a business in general. Everyone, and some are menial problems you sort out in five minutes, staff problems, cars breaking down, 
it doesn't happen that often, but it, but it is a problem. It does happen. I give you the Bentley example the other week. But, and, and as well, a, a problem is one thing, but it's how you deal with that problem, which is the most important thing, especially when you're customer-facing. If you push someone away and you're, 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 you're trying not to deal with it, it's no good. You have to just go in, get, get, get it done, Get the problem erased, move on to the next one. You're giving me a very politician answer. It's true story. Oh, I'm, I'm going to be like a BBC Breakfast News reporter right now. What I want to know, Tony, is one time you messed up at work. Do you you personally <laughs> just made a mistake and you had a bad day at work. That's okay. all I want to know. So, so <sighs> I, I transferred money... BMW, okay, uh, wasn't all my fault, but basically I transfer, I settled a car yeah. to BMW to the wrong BMW account. Okay, so you and sent money to the wrong place. Yes, but 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 luckily it was BMW, but it was the wrong BMW account, and actually, mate, it become a problem. It was a huge problem, and you have that sick in the stomach kind of feeling, that kind of. <sighs> well, I, I wasn't. I, I wasn't that bothered because I knew the problem was going to sort itself out. And that's another thing as well. The more experienced you become in stuff, even when you do have a problem, you know that you're going to, because you've, you've done it before, you know. Um, so you know that it will write itself and sort itself out. But in the early days, mate, I, I, I would honestly sleepless nights, flapping. I mean, I just don't do that anymore. I go to sleep lovely and... and Good for you. Yeah. Do you? <laughs> no. Do you flap still? I haven't slept for years. <laughs> Do you flap still? I, I regularly flap. Really? I flap on an hourly basis, yeah. Oh, no, yeah, you've got to get that out. That's no, not constantly flapping. No, don't do that. So just this weekend, I went down to Austria mm. for the GP Ice Race isolated event. Not brilliant, mate. Uh, unbelievable. We're going to talk about it a lot. Oh. But it ended in disaster. <laughs> you crashed? No, no, oh. not that. That would have been a real disaster. This is more of a, like, my own personal job disaster, if that makes sense. So, we all have bad days. We all have bad days. This was a bad day for me. I had an amazingly exclusive opportunity at Ice Race, one that I wasn't expecting. Can you talk about it? Yes, we're going right. to talk about it. I went for a ride in the GT4 RS. Oh! <gasps> And I'm saying, oh, like I don't know. I mean, I do know. Yes, because we've already spoken about yeah. it on WhatsApp. But, but I, even so. I went for a ride, and I went for a ride with Jorg Bergmeister, the guy who set the Nürburgring lap time in the GT4 RS, has mm. been helping to develop it. Mm. Unbelievable experience. I filmed it with a GoPro inside the car, because it was all very last minute, and I was like, I'm going to explain a lot more about this. <laughs> all very last minute. Filmed the got out, checked the footage. I was like, oh, yes, it's Oh my God, 100,000 views. Got all the noise. Got everything. Unbelievable. So uh, when I went home that evening to import the footage, I inserted the SD card into my laptop and it went, this SD card cannot be read on this laptop. What is that? Um, I was like, what? So I, I unplugged it and put it back in the GoPro and I looked and there was the footage. So I was like, cool, it's there. What's going on? Unplugged it, put it back in the laptop. This SD card is corrupted. And I was like, What? put it back in the GoPro, all the footage is gone. Disappeared. Footage has disappeared. On a computer now? Everywhere. The footage is gone. No, no, no. But what I mean is it, it, it's not on your computer. It's nowhere, mate. It's, oh, it's gone. No, it's gone. The SD card shows up on a GoPro is error, error, error. I plug it into the laptop. Error, error, error. Like, gone. So I'm sitting there going... 
<laughs> but this has happened to you before, right? This has happened, unfortunately, a few times before. Mm. So I'm immediately starting to think back, what did I do last time? Or what's going on? I'm like, I have the key thing in this scenario for any budding filmmakers, if you ever get these issues, never format the SD card or use the SD card. In that scenario, never do anything with that SD card. What you've got to believe, which I believed in my soul, is somewhere on that little tiny bit of plastic was the data that I needed. So I downloaded a thousand different, I don't know, um, bits of software to try and, you know, look into corrupted SD cards. Yeah. All these different Long story short, I ended up finding the remnants of the footage. I managed to extract it somehow. I managed to piece it back together. It's a bit of a disaster. It's all corrupted. It's all the audio's all off. The sort of footage like blips and jops and blah, blah, blah. But for about 12 to 18 hours, I sort of just felt sick for constantly because what was an amazingly exclusive opportunity, one that really very few, if any other journalists have got so far and was unexpected, blah, blah, blah was just gone. So I, you know, I, I'd be there so excited. I'm going to upload this video. It's going to be the GT4 RS first ride, blah, 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 blah. Gone. Mm. Now, the reason that I wanted to bring this up at the start of the episode is to show and to illustrate that we do all sometimes have these bad days at work because so often on this podcast, but especially with me and social media and across the world, people on social media, just show the good stuff. Yeah. You know, it's all, life is great. I'm out here in Austria with cool cars and look at me. When actually there are moments of everyone's life where things are out of your control and go wrong and can just be a bit of a disaster. Now, I don't think I did anything to corrupt that SD card. Maybe I did something wrong. It was clearly some error with my laptop or the GoPro or something. But what was a really great moment in work life for me was suddenly then a disaster. Okay. You, you, you said it wasn't your fault. I don't believe it was my fault. It was your fault. Why? Because you've had the problem before, like you said many times. Mm -hmm. So if you've had a... Wait a minute. If you've had a problem before, why aren't you eradicating that problem in the first place? So why don't you double film it with two, two GoPros? I had never had this specific problem. I've had problems of losing SD cards. I've had problems of losing GoPros. To be, fun, to be fair, all the issues I ever have are with GoPros. Right. I never have problems without my main camera. It's always with GoPros. Right. This specific issue, I have no idea what I'm wrong. I, I, don't I still don't understand to this day why that SD card corrupted. Why didn't I film it with two cameras? Great question. Let me address that right now, Tony. Mm -hmm. So how did this all come about? GP Ice Race. Uh, it's an event I attended a couple of years ago in Austria. Uh, takes place on the ice. As the Great. It looks like suggest. a mega event, to be fair. Unbelievable. But unfortunately, it's still taking place behind closed doors okay. because Austria's COVID restrictions mean they can't open it up to the public. But it's been going through this kind of reinvention or maybe rethinking. Yeah. So it's a very different event to the one that I attended a couple of years ago. Um, and so I got invited down to what they call it. They called it the isolated event, pun intended, um, which was more of like a showcase of what the event will be when they can open the doors once again. And a few of their partners and manufacturers came down and bought nice cars and they were doing various shoots and, and photography and videography and all that kind of stuff. Lovely. And Porsche came with the 4RS. They actually had three 4RSs there. So the first afternoon I arrived, the cars were just static. Two Vysak cars and a non-Vysak car. Just static. I Can you tell the difference between the two? Immediately, because you've right. got the carbon front bonnet. Right. Uh, and different wheels. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I was just taking loads of walk-around stuff. Blah, blah, blah. And I said to them, I said, do you know if the 4RSs are, are moving at all? And they said, oh yeah, tomorrow they're going to be doing some demonstrating laps on the ice track. I was like, oh my God, this is amazing. So I turn up the next day, <laughs> cars are going out, I'm filming them all, they're going sideways, they're properly thrashing out. I'm like, oh, this is great footage when I noticed that they're coming in and every now and again, they're picking up passengers. So I was like, hmm, this is interesting. 
So I go and chat to my mates at GPIS race. And I said, look, what's the deal with the four hour rest and like people going in the car? And they said, let me go, let's go and chat to the guys at Porsche. So off we go, we meet the Tump Porsche. It was actually Porsche that was there. Porsche, Porsche. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Porsche, okay, Porsche, Porsche, Porsche. Fine, fine, fine. Who I don't have an amazing relationship with. Like, I think I'm on their radar and they're on my radar, but I deal with the Porsche UK team. Yeah, I was going to say, you have an amazing relationship with Porsche UK. I mean, Por- you drove out oh. in a Porsche. Yeah, yeah, no, Porsche UK are unbelievable, but I don't have much relationship with the factory. With the so factory, I, yeah. So I'm there, so hi, I'm Sam. And I said, look, what's the deal with the 4RS? Is there any chance that I can get a, a ride? I'd love to get on a ride. I'm here filming for the weekend. And eventually they go, yeah, I think that's possible and uh, leave it with us. Nice of them. But yeah, be in this area in about 25 minutes and we'll see what we can do. So I'm there and I'm like thinking it through, like how can I film it, blah, blah, blah. I've got all the GoPros, all the, everything's ready. Flapping. Uh, flapping, like, but I've got everything set up. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I've always got my gear. Like you said, why weren't you prepared? I was prepared. And suddenly the car comes in and they go, okay, okay, you, 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 you in now. So I was like, great. So I got all the GoPros and they're like, no, 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 no cameras. And I was like, what? But I'm, I'm filming it. So I wave over at the Porsche and I said, like, can I film it? I was like, yeah, yeah, film it. So I said, okay, well, the guy said I can film. He said, no cameras on the outside. So I was like, right, what about on the inside? He goes, no, 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 handheld only, which is weird because that's the unsafest way to do yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So long story short, my only option was just to hold a GoPro. That's all I could do because it, this wasn't really a press opportunity. There wasn't the time, the ability to fixed cameras, do all this. So my only option was to have one camera. So I went with the brand new, most recent GoPro I've got, GoPro Hero 10, fresh out the box. I've been using it for a few months, but it's the most reliable, theoretically, the best quality, all these different things. And as I say, the footage turned out fantastically. So why it then corrupted later on, I don't know, but that was my justification and reasons as to why I wasn't theoretically better prepared in your eyes. But has that ever happened in the camera, by the way? What do you mean in the camera? Does the, the is it ever is only ever grow, GoPros that it comes out yeah, corrupt for, for some reason? So no, 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 no. It's oh, because it's not a wide enough angle. The stability is oh, not good enough. Right. So the GoPro is the best camera to use in that situation. Okay. But I, what I mean is that always the issues I seem to have are around GoPros. Them falling off cars. Uh, yeah, they're corrupting a file or audio missing or the stability not working. Yeah. All the issues I seem to have are constantly around. Yeah. GoPros. Now look, this has been nearly 10 minutes of me blabbing on about a work disaster. Uh, I needed to vent that and I needed to get it off my chest. I do think some footage has been salvaged. I, I feel like I've saved something, but because it's gonna be dodgy, I thought today, because we love our podcast audience so much, you and I can talk about the okay. forest experience. Okay. And then hopefully soon coming to the main YouTube channel, there'll be some footage, which you can then go and watch and enjoy, fingers crossed. But in case it's not great, and because we love you guys so much, let's give you an exclusive yeah. 4S ride. So, yes, as I mentioned, three cars there in Austria, two Visac cars, a grey car, a silver car. The Visac ones have the carbon bonnet, they have the magnesium-styled wheels. And the intakes. Uh, oh, do they, oh, maybe the, so the non-Visac car doesn't have the side air intakes. Uh, interesting. Yeah, so carbon intakes, I guess, where the, what would you call them, side windows are? Not where your door Did you, go, did you go in a non-Visac car? No, I went in a Visac car. Right, okay, fine. From the outside, as the cars were starting up and driving around, I thought both sounded crap. Yeah. <laughs> I was really like, what the heck? These both sound fairly crap. Yeah. The Visac car sounded just a smidgen better at the top end of the revs when it was really like, when he was, you know, drifting it. Yeah. Smashing against the rev limiter. It just had a bit more of a Probably because of noise. the intakes. 
Maybe yeah. because of the intakes, but yeah. apparently also they have slightly different mufflers because the their magnesium on the Visac car. Yeah, probably. So yeah. Slightly different yeah, sound, yeah, but, yeah. but both fairly muted. <laughs> the cars that we all saw footage of testing at Nurburgring, they're American cars with no particulate filter. Mm. And Porsche do this on purpose they do it on to purpose. generate hype. Yeah. So it's the same thing with the 3, the 3 RS yeah. and the 4 RS. They, yeah. they use the non-particulate cars to generate a bit of excitement. America had different regulations to us. Exactly. Yeah. So that was the first disappointment. So I was a bit like, oh, this is really, they, they sound kind of crap. When it came around to me being able to get the chance to uh, go for a ride in one, I wanted to go out in the Visac car because I yeah. thought that's, you know. Of heck, course. Heck, why not? <laughs> Inside the car, the noise is insane. Yeah. So I guess they've lost a load of sound dampening because the car's a lot lighter, right, than the standard GT4. Yeah. Um, and you've got this engine literally just over your shoulder. And it it's probably 100 kilos lighter or... Something of that Yeah, it'd be a bit, be, 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 yeah. You can see more of the engine because, of course, in the four, it's kind of all hidden away behind loads of stuff. So you can see more of it. So immediately you can understand why it's louder in the cabin. But then also in the Vice car, you've got this kind of weird side intake noise too. It's not like a sort of blow-off valve or like that. You just, like, you just hear like a load of air rushing past so it's a really not like i barely could hear the driver talking like Jorg just chatting like it was an intense experience the car was surprisingly unbrittle i i thought looking at it it was going to be so firm the car's presence in the flesh is insane is it i think it's 10 mil lower than the gt4 yeah it looks full-on racing it'll have some camber as well you know but it'll have the 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 wheels will sit out slightly as well because they all do gt cars so they always sit lovely porsches always yeah the the stance of it unbelievable yeah we didn't go into the firmest suspension setting, so we were in the softer setting but we're on an ice track you know there were divots there were bumps there were lumps of ice the car Heck, I've been on ice in cars that are a lot firmer or should be that firm, and you can tell. Yeah. It's horrible. Okay. But actually, it rode pretty well. And I said to you, because I'm surprised by how... He goes, yeah, you know, actually, it's really not that bad. Um, obviously, if you firm things up for the track, it can be pretty brittle. Yeah. But but that was the, the, the other thing that I kind of realised. Over and above that, not much I can tell you. Mm. <laughs> I was on ice. <laughs> so there was a lot of drifting. Flat out. Flat out, which is why I'm so gutted about this footage. But, you know, I'm going to salvage some of it. Yeah. Um, it was an amazing experience. It was a full-on experience. Um, it made me more excited about the car slightly. Um, but I still think, for me, it's going to be too much. It's so hardcore. It's a bit of me, that car, isn't it? It's such a bit of you. Yeah. Such a bit of you. Yeah. But uh, two other things. Firstly... People were less impressed or excited by it at the event than I thought. Okay. Maybe because it was a lot of Porsche people and they were probably like, you know, thinking about future 992 variants or whatever. Yeah. Um, but then also it had big stickers on the side powered by renewable fuel. Mm. We now- Did it? Well, yeah. So we know Porsche are big investments into that plant in South America to try yeah. and develop these renewable fuels. And so they, they were clearly using the forest at that event to really promote renewable fuels are coming. And I think that is, as we've mentioned a few times before, the solution or the answer to a lot of our issues in terms of drivers' cars. Yeah. You know, having naturally aspirated combustion engine drivers' cars, yeah. renewable fuel could save that. And that's yeah. what I think Porsche were trying to hint towards with the 4RS yeah. event. Yeah. No, I, yeah. Well, I mean, we've said it before that we think that city cars should be electric, high performance cars should be uh, like renewable fuel, renewable fuel yeah. and then hybrid. Uh, hydrogen for the real big heavy stuff essentially so yeah. we'll wait and see but it was a, it was a super nice event um i say there'll be more information i think further uh, more information what am i talking about so i was <laughs> half reading an email as i was talking um, <laughs> so there'll be more launch. there'll be pl- plenty more content to come uh i haven't quite worked out how those videos are going to look because as i say 
corrupted files. But as you hinted towards, I drove down in this bog standard entry level 911 Carrera. Mm. That video, luckily, I think all the footage has been salvaged for, so that video will probably come out at some point. Um, so yeah, lots and lots of content to come from the ice race and from my experience in 911 Carrera. But there you go, a little bit of sneak peek info for you. Very good. On the forum. An exclusive. An exclusive. As, as sometimes often happens on here, mate. We try. You know, we try our best to give a few yeah, exclusives, don't we? Yeah, so if, you, if you're on the main channel and you haven't subscribed to this channel, like, subscribe. Press the notification button and all that. Look yeah. at that. <laughs> I got it right. Yeah. <laughs> and actually, whilst we're on that, I wanted to address a few things. Firstly, we've got to promote our patron page, our lovely patrons who continue to support this podcast monthly. We absolutely love you. You all submit questions. You give us tips and advice. You're just fantastic. And actually, if you ever have questions or thoughts about our episodes, Patreon is really the way to sort of get in touch with us and talk about it. So, yeah. you know, we're, we're trying to introduce this new thing of video messages uh, at the moment so people can submit their thoughts or questions about topics we've discussed or topics we should discuss each week. But regularly on the Patreon page, we're trying to converse with our members about things that we've discussed or might future discuss. So if you're listening to an episode and you're thinking, oh, I'd like to know more about that, or I've got a question about this, or I'm thinking about buying a car, Sign up, become a patron. It, you can choose which level you want to be in and that's the best way to get in touch with us because, well, for me personally, if you DM me on any of the Seen Through Glass pages, it's hard to keep up with all the messages and it's yeah. hard to sort out the behind the glass ones. Tony, when he's at work, getting in touch with Gravelwood's probably the worst way to come about like trying for to sure. get your thoughts or opinions because you'll yeah. probably get one of your, your team rather than you. Yeah, I think, I think people just automatically think and it does happen fairly often where people will contact the work phone and ask for me or message the work phone and just assume it's me 99% of the time it's not me because it's the work phone and believe it or not I have a personal number as well <laughs> so which obviously I don't give out and I know that I am loads more contactable than you for sure because your number's not open to the world and if you have a genuine inquiry about a vehicle that we have then for sure you can always ask to speak to me absolutely no problem at all but kind of asking me questions and stuff that's related to the podcast via the work phone or email it's not the best way to go about it Just not really do it via the patreon page do it by the patreon page or the patreon page or dm and uh, again it is a little bit more difficult because i don't read all the dms i get i get a lot of dms as as you and um but but if it is a relevant question and i read it and i answer it, i'll answer it but uh, you know i this isn't my job. This is your job. But my job is, is is a motor dealer, and it's the reason why I come on here is to 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 voice my opinion and give you some advice that I've I've um, kind of got throughout the years. But yeah, I, I'm not an advice centre. No, 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 I, absolutely. So I think, you know, it goes for both of us. If you're if you're interested in hearing our thoughts about things, obviously subscribe, turn on notifications like Tony said, but uh, uh, have a look at the Patreon page or maybe maybe we should get around to setting up that behind the glass Instagram page. Uh, would be probably a bit more useful, but we'll see. Yeah. We'll think about that. But for now, uh, that's always going to be the best way to try and get in touch and then say, uh, be able to keep discussing topics that we discuss here on the podcast. Now, we do have a bit of car news to get through. Which is, we're 20 minutes in, mate. I know, we're doing well. <laughs> First off, for our UK listeners, yeah. have you heard about or been aware of the changes to the highway code? Uh, mobile phone? 
No, mate. Oh, you're behind the times. So this has been big news here in the UK, which, well, big news because people like Tony haven't been made aware of it, but there's been a huge change to the highway code here in the UK, right. which is basically what governs our roads and the, the rules and the laws of our roads that have essentially put all of the focus or the rights of ways to pedestrians and cyclists. Okay. So in the order of sort of priority or hierarchy of road users, cars have fallen well down the list. Yeah. So for example, now cyclists can ride in the middle of the road, or I think I should ride in the middle of the road to overtake them. We've got to give them something like one and a half meters of distance and uh, various different rules like this. Uh, pedestrians, if you're turning left into a side road, you should always give the pedestrian right away. So you should stop in the, in the main road. All these, you can check them out. You can read them. It's created a bit of an uproar mm. because cyclists who I think have felt endangered over the years, uh, sort of now, you know, really taking this, taking advantage of this new highway code, road users or dri- sorry, car drivers are starting to fume about it. Yeah, for sure. But what it maybe hints towards is something that we've maybe asked ourselves quite a lot on this podcast. Is this another step in the direction, at least here in the UK, of ending the road car well they're not going to end the road car are they because it's all about electric at the moment but uh, but you know hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank linkedin helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role in a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. I kind of get some of it because you're loads more vulnerable on a on a pedal bike. And yeah, you should give them a bit of space. I don't ride a pedal bike, by the way. And they do annoy me sometimes because of they don't contribute to the road in any way. Um, they they don't have insurance. Yeah, they don't have insurance. Tax, they don't. Yeah, I mean, you kind of get that bit, but the, I honestly think they should pay some insurance, mate. Because if 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 they cause a crash or or a bike does drive into the side of you, accident or not, they're going to cause some damage. You know, if you've got a hundred kilo person and a bike driving into the side of your car. 
they're going to do the door in. I mean, that's not really fair. And then what? What the the owner's got to pay it because the the bike, the bike bloke on the bike hasn't got to pay. It's as simple as that. So, giving them more power, essentially, you're quite right. It's just going to annoy people. I mean, there is absolutely no way that I am going to sit behind a pedal bike for 10 miles at 15 mile an hour while they're in the middle of the road. No chance. But theoretically now, according to the highway code, you should. But you can, there's there's no law, mate. You can be allowed to overtake. Yes, but you're supposed to give this certain distance. So, of course, it's all guidance and laws, but theoretically, if you can't overtake safely, you shouldn't. And this is what cyclists, I think, are slightly trying to make a point on. And so the news story of the weekend was pictures and images of cyclists sort of really taking this letter of the law to the extent yeah, yeah. Uh, and sort of giggling and laughing and smirking at, at, at car users going, yeah. oh, we finally got away. And I, I agree, look, look, it must feel threatening and, and, and dangerous to be on a road bike at times, especially as a pedestrian, but it's all about having respect for each other, right? It's all of about course. giving each other, you know, uh, space and considerations, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and there's going to be as many disgruntled or, or bad car drivers as there are going to be cyclists. You know, there yeah. are plenty of cyclists who I think, God, you're reckless. And I'm sure that some cyclists think that about us. So it's an interesting one because I think here in the UK, we've got the 2030 ban on combustion engine. We've got congestion charge increased nonstop. We've got the ULEZ in London, which is obviously to do with emissions. And now a highway code changing to sort of, you know, take precedence over cyclists and pedestrians. I just do question where, what is left for us car users. You know, as we move forward in this country al- alone, it's becoming more and more expensive, more and more difficult, and, and less and less sort of um, rewarding yeah, <laughs> to but, drive a car. Yeah, but if you're talking city, then, you know, you're, you're, you're probably right, because what's the, av- what's the average speed in the city for a car? 10 mile an hour? Yeah, and it's uh, now 20 mile an hour limit in most parts of London. Yeah, but so if a, arguably, if someone's fairly fit on a, cycle, on a, on a bicycle, they're going to be going faster than you anyway, in general. But but what what I won't agree with, which, which is more prominent where my work is, where you've got country lanes, there's 60 mile an hour roads, big country lanes, and you're going to have cyclists on them at 25 mile an hour old and all that. That's going to be a problem. And there's going to be an accident there for sure because motorists will just get annoyed. Of course. At patience. So in the city... Yes, I completely understand because how fast can you... You're not really disrupting the traffic if you're riding a pedal bike in the city in general because you just can't go fast in, in London or anywhere in London, you know. But but in rural areas where there are speed limits, 40, 50, 60 mile an hour, a pedal bike can't do that. No, exactly. So it's you're then holding the traffic up. So And infuriating the driver. And infuriating and, yeah. the driver by, by literally being on the white line on the right. Do you know what I mean? That's taking the mickey a bit, you know? So let us know what it's like in your country. I know that rules are very different all over the world. Here in the UK, it seems to be a little bit back to front at the minute with, with cyclists, you know, especially in London. You know, we're taking entire car lanes and, and giving them to cyclists and away yeah. from cars, creating quite a lot of congestion and traffic here, which has definitely been interesting. So yeah, let, let us know your thoughts. I know we're predominantly petrol heads on here, so I can see where this conversation's going, but uh, I'm interested to see, yeah, how it's managed in different parts of the world. <laughs> um, I mean, I'll just fire one into a bush. I know. 
<laughs> I know you would. Sorry if you're riding a pedal bike, but you're going in the bush. <laughs> so I think was it last week we spoke about the new DBX coming? Do we even talk about that? We, 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 spoke, did, we, we spoke about it. We didn't speak about the Urus though. Well, that's the thing. So there's a Lambo ah. Urus Evo coming. A sport. Oh, 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 you think it's called a sport? I think it's called a sport. Uh, Do you according. think it's called an Evo? I think it's called an Evo or a Superleggera. So it's probably going to be lighter and more powerful. Tell me everything you know. Well, I don't know a great deal, but but I know that there's a facelift car coming. Oh wow, okay. And then there's this sp- tech or visual, like external. Oh, I don't think there's a lot of difference at all. Mm. And then so and then there's a sport as well. So okay. I, I think there's going to be two. So maybe one is called an Evo and one's called a sport. Maybe, maybe that's the the. But I know for sure. I think the new car comes I think you can order them from November or they come November okay so that, it wouldn't be a very Lambo thing to do to call it a sport they would probably call it a sportiva um, or so you know like possibly they, yeah. they come up with a real Italian, fancy name because yeah, they yeah. just do um, but uh, but yeah so okay so the one that I heard or read about was I say it was a more lightweight stripped out almost track focused Euros so it's what I think that I've heard the sport okay fine so that you think it's an Evo okay fine so there is a hardcore variant of the Eurus. Correct. Name TBC. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, clearly going to be the king, I suppose, of SUVs. We well, is that is that what they're going after? I mean, is that because it's the, is it the, the KN GT that holds that at the moment? Turbo GT, whatever, whatever, which by the way, Walter Roll turned up to the GP ice race in. Did he? Super cool on winter wheels, on the little tiny wheels with a turbo coupe GT, whatever it's called. Yeah. Super cool. And is there not, is there not someone else that's just, have Mercedes not built one or um, a super duper hyper SUV? Yeah, it's, it's, I'm thinking it's one of the other Germans that have come out with one that actually they think that's gonna that's gonna take the Porsche's crown. Oh, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what manufacturer it was, but why do you want to go that fast in a big, great big? I don't. I've never got to- it. I'm all about Lux in an SUV. The hardcore speed. And I don't even more like, if they're going to make it this like lightweight stripped up one, if it's like a bumpy hardcore Lambo, who wants that it's in an SUV? It's not an SUV, yeah. Super it's, strange. Yeah. It, it does seem... I People mean, will buy it though. There were some, of, course. of course. As we know, yeah. always the way. Um, Do you know any more about this Ferrari SUV? Yet? No. Oh my God. I mean, only from what I hear from people when I speak to them that there's likely to be two variants. There's going to be the sort of V12, 395,000 pounds, stupid one. Uh, and then there's going to be a, a baby version. So what would that be? I don't know, the 296 powertrain? Be a, be a 296 or the, for sure. Could yeah. they put the Portofino stuff in it? Like I think it'll be hybrid 296, mate. It, well, that would make more sense, wouldn't it? Yeah. And that's going to be more like 275, 295. But plus options, by the way. Plus options, yeah. So yeah. starting price. So the, the thought being that they're going to go super high on the price <sighs> and low on the production numbers to make it sort of make sense theoretically. But... We just don't know, right? Like, the whole Ferrari thing still confuses me. So, actually, it's a good segue onto something I wanted to bring up. Did you see the Tom Hartley Jr. SF90 that he just posted? No. Let me see if I can find this ad. This is absolutely mad. Um, um, oh, I've got a bit of news about SF90. Oh, do you? Oh, this, could, this, could, this could be good. This could, this could all work. Um, this could all just it? roll in. Uh, where's the where's the story? Sorry if you think that sounds a little bit unprepared. I'm, <laughs> I am a little bit. I've had a, I drove back from Austria yesterday. It was a 14-hour drive. Here we go. Um, okay, so SF90 has just arrived into stock. A huge spec, including the Ascento Fiorano package. Yeah. Cost new, £476,000. Mm. It's covered 211 miles. Mm. What do you think it's priced at? 450 455 There we go. When can you remember a 
special, theoretically, Ferrari, a top-line Ferrari, coming to the market for less than its list price? Pista. Is that what happened? No, Pista's had a premium, didn't they? No. Really? They're very quickly, they were on the list. Oh, were they? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, oh, I for sure. That entirely. Yeah. There, there, there's, there's been a few, mate. Speciali back in the day. They couldn't, they couldn't. So the last Speciali, they couldn't give them away. No. I swear to God, so, mate. I was so unaware of this. Yeah, 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 yeah. So the Speciali only really got traction like once they'd stopped making them, 2017, they started to go up. But originally, the last delivery Specialis, like, I even think that some Ferrari dealers were doing money off them. Oh my God, Honestly, how did I miss that? <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. Okay, so this isn't unheard of. I was quite shocked by this, but I know that SF90 has been a real struggle for Ferrari in general. I think from when they launched it to when the deliveries came was sort of almost too long a period. There was confusion about the tech. Some of the journal, well, there was very few reviews of it, the other thing, like mm. hardly any reviews came out. Then when they did, they were all a bit like, oh, it doesn't really make sense. Doesn't think, really, it's not really a Ferrari. It doesn't really- Too much power. Doesn't behave weird, like one, yeah. Feels a bit numb. And then owners of, you know, because you had to be a fairly legit owner of uh, Ferraris or had had some Ferraris to order some of the first SF90s. I don't think- I, I, that's I, I think that's the same with all all Ferraris. I think if you want the first one, you 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 can't just be a non Ferrari customer and decide that you know. Normally, it does go to the customers that the loyal customers first. But so I think they were, people were unimpressed by them, so they started to get flipped pretty quickly. And it's just a lot of people cancelled them. Yeah, yeah. It's just ended up this bit of a a null Ferrari, a bit of a sort of uh, yeah. And there's an argument that. Because as far as I know, they've stopped making the coupe now. That's it. You can't order oh, a coupe. Done. done. So, wow. From what from what I've been told, again, this is what I've been told. So I might not be right, or I might told be by wrong. Dave at the pub. I'm not told by Dave at the pub. <laughs> um, but I've told from someone who works at Ferrari, someone high up in Ferrari as well, right. that that there are f- there was only ever going to be 1500 coupe SF90s. And there, and now they've reached that. They've stopped. Now there, there is a there is a theory that they've pulled the plug on them because the UK market has seen that they're not selling that well. And I have known Ferrari to do that, by the way, because they've done it on the four five eight. So when the four five eight come out, they made loads of them. Then realised that the used market was flooded with them, so they they pulled them for a while so Ferrari do do that they, you know, they'll try and look after their market and people that work at Ferrari will know what I'm talking about because it is a thing um, so there's two theories that, that they've, they've pulled it from the UK or they were only going to make 1500 and that was it now if that is the case that is awful marketing from Ferrari because if they had said in the first place that because all they said it was going to be a serious production car. Absolutely, that was the thing. This was not a limited car. This was not a limited car. But if they said they're only going to make them for 18 months or two years and there's only going to be 1,500, they would have sold more for sure. So I think if that is the case, they've made a huge mistake. You can still have a Spider. You can still order a SF90 Spider. But if you go on the coupes, you're not going to be able to order one for long because they're going to make 1,500 of them and that's going to be it. So... Okay, so according to howmanyleft.co.uk, in the UK, 2021, there are 57 SF90 Stradales road registered. On Autotrader, 20 cars are for sale. Mm. Yeah, I don't know if that they're, includes they're a set red- of Fiorano, but 
I mean, that's a joke. No, yeah, yeah. It's, they're that's, a thir- that's a third of the cars, theoretically, in the UK, currently for sale. But there will be some unregistered cars as well in the network. This is all hit and miss. I mean, you know, this is, this is a vague... But what I'm saying is there's a very vague stack. There's also 20 cars on auto. There'll be another five or ten being traded off the market. So, but also, as well, it kind of backs up what we're saying that there's 1,500 worldwide, mate. Because it would mean we... If it's 1,500 worldwide, we would get 150, probably. As a market. Cars, probably. About that 10%, roughly, about that. So um, that would kind of make sense because I bet there's there'll still be some orders. So although they've stopped order books on them now, there'll still be some coming through. Schmees. There you go. He's Tim, not had his yet, Tim, Right, okay. So yeah. th- there, there'll still be cars coming through. But if you go into a Ferrari dealer today, say, can I have an SF90 coupe? They'll say no. That have doesn't a, mean they have can't... Have a spider. Have a spider. Yeah. Or there's a coupe there. Do you want that one that's already built? Yeah. So may, may, maybe maybe that's, what, that's about right. But Ferrari sometimes... I don't know, mate. I don't really know what they're, what they're planning. I know... Well, it, but if they've so let, let's just assume what you've been told is right. So let's say SF ninety is dead in the water. Yeah, F eight's dead. So what have we got? We've got Roma and Roma and Portofino, two nine six, two nine six spider eight twelve. Well. well, yeah, let's just uh, as no a eight twelves. No can't eight, get A twelve anymore. No, can't no get looser anymore. Cut no eight twelve GTS. So Portofino and Roma, which is essentially the same car nowadays, two nine six, and then the SUV coming, and that's. At the minute, kind of all we've got. Yeah. A12 competizione, but but I'm so confused. <laughs> but, but you know what as well? It, it does it, it does kind of make sense, you know, because Ferrari as a factory, I think can still only make 10,000 cars a year. Weld, for the weld. I think okay. that's all the factory can make. So obviously the SUV will have a different line, like the Urus with Lamborghini, obviously. So that will have a completely different line. But for sports cars... They can only, the, the factory can only make, and they normally, again, this might have changed, but they're normally about seven and a half, eight thousand, but max capacity is 10. So if anyone works at the factory, can you please tell us and confirm that is right? But I think it is right. Um, so that would make sense, mate. I mean, they can't just keep, there are many models that they got now. Well, that's, I mean, out. most of last year, I think we spent the whole time putting, oh my God, here's another Ferrari just got launched. And, and we were sort of slightly slating it before I went down to Finale Mondiale and fell fully back in love with everything that Ferrari are doing. We were sitting there going, it just seems it doesn't, doesn't add up. But actually now, if they're starting to cull production of some of the models, actually it's just to bring it right back down again. But is that opening it up for replacement? So if they, if they are stopping production of SF90 Coupe, Spider theoretically you think would end towards the end of this year or start of next year, is that in time for a replacement in 2023? Or is that... I, I, I've lost track of the model lineup a bit with Ferrari. Yeah. What fits where, what supersedes what, what's due a replacement... And clearly the SUV is going to be the big linchpin in all of this. You know, that's what's going to sway things, you know, depending on the success of it, the price of it, the demand for it, production numbers, etc., is going to dictate, yeah, what other Ferraris we're getting moving forward. Yeah, and, and actually we, we've been fairly critical of Ferrari recently about all these different cars and saying they're making too many, too many models and this not. But, but actually, if the factory can only knock out a certain amount of cars, they're not making too many cars. It's actually genius because what they're doing is they're making small numbers of loads of different models and then they're discontinuing them. It's a bit like Rolex, mate. Most, one of the most successful brands in the world. They make a watch for a period of time, discontinue it, go again. Same with Apple. Yeah. Make a phone, 
blitz a phone. It's obsolete a year, a year later. It's genius <laughs> because what it is is you become, you're just current yep. and, and you're still making huge money, little changes all the time. And we know Ferrari is a brand, um, I think last year, um, number one brand in the world, mate. Oh, I think for a long time, it's it's one of the most recognisable brand names ever. Yeah. And we know in 2022, they're going to win the F1 World Championship. So. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going to win it, Sides? Because Leclerc won't. No, Leclerc will. Leclerc will. He, he, he'll figure his life out a bit. Sides is faster. No, but when I looked back on their seasons, Leclerc was unlucky. He had a lot of retirements and, and he was only beaten by a smidgen where Sainz had a very strong end of the year. Which he ha- he always has. Science always has a strong end of the year. And and what's his name? Um, I've had a mind blank. But uh, Matteo, what's it called Mattia Benotto? What uh, Benotti? Why am I having a mind blank? Today? I don't, I don't know. I know variety team principal. The curly hair bloke. Curly hair bloke. Yeah. Um, uh, has come out saying that you know basically for them twenty twenty one was a write off. So they're super happy with the results they got. Yeah. Because they've been putting everything into twenty twenty two, which is a bit of pressure they're putting on themselves. But heck, uh, where are we at? Not next week. The week after. We're going to have seen some some cars revealed, some launch cars. Yeah, they've all they've all started putting dates on them yeah, now, haven't they? Super exciting! Yeah. I was supposed to be going down for Barcelona testing, but they basically announced that it's closed. So <laughs> it's to considered a shakedown. Yeah, they've said it's all been closed off. It's, they're not going to televise it. They're not going to give you live num- uh, live lap times or anything like that. It's all going to be behind closed doors, like a shakedown. And I saw a great tweet. Someone was like, "The reason it's behind closed doors is it's a rehearsal for the season." Fair enough. <laughs> With Michael Massey dictating. <laughs> Everyone, okay, at this point, you crash into you. and, and well, anyway. um, So I'm excited to see what those cars are There's still some talk like, he's going to get the Tintac. Yeah, I know. Which I think is their, really their only option, but God knows who you put in his place. I think mm. they've got to restructure it. I was listening to a podcast on the way back yesterday during my long drive, Bring Back V10's podcast by The Race, which is another F1 thing. And they were looking at a 1998 Silverstone Grand Prix, which was an absolute disaster because of stewards. And talking about, and this was, they recorded this, I think, pre the whole Abu Dhabi shambles. Um, how even back then stewards were getting stuff wrong and messing things up and how are we some 20 odd years later still in the exact same scenario the exact yeah. same situation with stewards dictating the results of a sport it's you know it's not a new thing for Formula 1 at all and it's something that but it wasn't really the stewards it was a race director wasn't it it was part of that though but you know, it, it was that group. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so the rules need to change. Well, not the rule. It's not the rules. It's the implementing of the yeah. rules. It, it, it's the people who are there following the rules, making the decisions. They need to be fully paid, consistent, concise, same people. So, like, it, anyway, yeah. it needs to be just completely changed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, we've talked about that a great length. <laughs> I'm excited to see the Ferrari for long. <laughs> All of them, actually. My God, do they need to win a championship? It's yeah. been around far too long. It's but do they, though? Because, I mean,. We just no, spoke about how, no, how, uh, the good, how good, powerful they are as a brand. No, but if they won championships, my God, then it, then they're into the super time once again. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's, it's just re- launched them into a whole nother catasphere. Stratosphere. Wow, I cannot talk today. So I did I did London, Munich, Munich, Zelandse in Austria, filmed all day in Zelandse and then did Zelandse to London. And I feel like I'm, I feel like I've lost half my brain. I don't know what's going on with me. But what was you doing on the way home, mate? I mean, did you walk back? How long did it take you to get back? Uh, it wasn't eleven that bad, hours actually. or something. Well, no, that was door to door, Calais to. I got it here. Hold on a sec. I've got the. That's what I love about Porsches. They give you the stats. So yeah, nine hours twenty three minutes. It's just under twelve hundred kilometers. Twenty seven point two mg. Yeah, twenty seven point two mg. One hundred twenty two kilometers an hour average speed. 
Which is about 70 mile an hour, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, walking pace. What do you... Uh, or basically the limit, mate. <laughs> what are you on about? It's uh, it's eighty. Eight, it's one hundred and thirty kilometers an hour in. Which is about France. eighty miles an hour. Yeah, about eighty miles an hour. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I had autobahn stretches. Fine, but I had the whole section of Austria. The first hour and a half was winding roads with speed limits. Mate, it's speed limit. Like that's literally me driving at the speed limit. What are you on about? <laughs> I think there was another section where you where you absolutely blasted it, and you just put that one on there. No, I think that's an old photo, mate. <laughs> I wish. No, but it was right. I left at 5.30 in the morning. I got to the U-Tunnel just before four. That was all right. I was happy with that. But it's just taken out of me. I'm just feeling like a complete mong today. And look at even Twiggy. She didn't come with me. She's passing out cold. So yeah, my brain's been a bit foggy today. Uh, hopefully it's just from the drive and nothing else. Um, but uh, good that we caught up. And as I say, stay tuned on the main channel for some kind of content coming from that whole adventure. I really hope I can salvage the 4OS footage even better than... I have so far, but I'll include it in somewhat. So if you're intrigued and, and want to know more, make sure you subscribe over to the main channel so you can uh, see that when it comes out. I think the official press drives are happening in... Are you going? No, no, I, I already opted out. Because <laughs> Why? Well, firstly, I know that they're going to be super small on numbers. And also, mate, I hate press launches like that. I am going to a very exciting press launch soon, but because I know the setup works for the content I want to create. What manufacturer? Ferrari. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, see? Um, but, but, but he wants a Porsche, by the, the way. Uh, What's another Porsche? I do want another But Porsche. he won't go to a press launch. He only goes to Ferrari. No, one. because a 4RS press launch is going to be on track. Him, mate. No, it's going to be on track. Him. And why am I going to sit driving a 4RS on track? No one cares what I think about a 4RS on track. I don't care what I think about a 4RS <laughs> on track. I basically want to wait until I can take a 4RS to... Isle of Man or some great roads in Wales or into Europe and do a bit of a trip with it. I don't want to just sit on, on track with it. I've Fair enough. Got no Fair enough. So, so you'd rather go to Italy and drink coffee and... And drive a Ferrari on track. Drive a Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I'm going to be doing. Oh, God. He's completely contradicting yourself, well, basically. You have a Ferrari, isn't it? If you get invited yeah. by Ferrari, Fiorano. You, don't, you don't say no. Yeah. It's actually not Ferrari. Really? Yeah. A bit of a twist and a turn. Is it the one in Sardinia? Spain. Spain. I think it's the first time I can remember Ferrari doing a launch outside of Italy, but that might just be because of recent times. But anyway, more on that to come soon. So yeah, plenty of exciting things ahead, including, of course, the reveal of my new daily, which should oh, be when's that coming? I think in not next week, the week after. Have you got it yet? Uh, no, <laughs> but I paid for it. Oh, uh, so, really? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I paid for it. You started paying for it. Just sitting, sitting waiting to be collected. <laughs> so uh, yeah, that reveal will come not next week because next week's a- When are you going to get it? As I say, in three weeks time. Oh, right. Yeah. Well, why are you going- Oh no, you're not here next I'm week. I'm not here next week. Uh, uh, and is, is that exclusive? Can you tell us what you're doing? No. Anyway, <laughs> so we'll wrap up today's episode. Bit of a foggy one, but I think some interesting topics. Uh, so make sure you stay subscribed, turn on notifications. If you want to submit your thoughts or ask us questions about today's topics or future topics, as I say, look at the Patreon page. Check it out. The best way to get in touch with either Tony or I. If you want to keep following Tony on social media, he's at Tony Gravelwood Car Sales. I'm at Seen Through Glass. And we'll be back with you for another episode next week. Bye-bye. See ya. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 